Cinema Show, where we bring you movie news, reviews, and insights right here on our podcast. I'm Dylan Martin. Here with me is Jackson. Hey, guys. So, uh, <laughs> have you ever been to the Palladium? Have you ever been there? I don't want to bring in the quacks too early, but it's fucking amazing. The Palladium is awesome. <laughs> I've been there before, but we'll talk about that <laughs> a little bit later. And, of course, our lovely Lori. Hi, everyone. How are we doing? I thought we were doing great until I just got word that all three of us have a... uh, We got injected in the back of the neck with a tiny little bomb. And if we don't review this movie correctly, uh, they might just blow off our heads. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so with that being said, we are talking about the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Not Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, the new movie from James Gunn, and of course, based off DC Comics. You can watch it now in theaters. I would highly recommend you do so. Or you can stay home with the family, uh, with the adults in the family, because uh, it is rated R exclusively on HBO Max for free with a subscription. And what is the Suicide Squad? Well, the government sends the most dangerous supervillains in the world to the remote enemy infused island of Corto Maltese. Armed with high-tech weapons, they trek through the dangerous jungle on a search-and-destroy mission with only Colonel Rick Flagg on the ground to make them all behave. And I can get into the cast, but I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about them a lot in the review. So with that being said, expectations, I guess. Uh, Let's just talk about the Suicide Squad. Uh, I guess I'll go first. I wasn't excited about a sequel to uh, 2016 David Ayer, quote-unquote David Ayer's Suicide Squad, until they (laughs) announced that James Gunn was going to be helming it, and it was going to be rated R. So I was over the moon about it. I was very excited. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, both movies, not so much the second one, but I really, really like the first one. I actually watched it today. I watched the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie just to revisit it. So I was very excited about this movie. Uh, the cast, uh, we have some new members in here, but we also have some uh, familiar faces from the first one. Uh, Joel Kinnaman, Margot Robbie, uh, even uh, Jai Courtney's in here too. And I think I'll just stop right there. But uh, Lori, uh, your expectations of the Suicide Squad. Okay, so going into this, my expectations were huge because, I mean... Whenever I heard that Gunn was involved in that he was directing it, I was just like, okay, this is going to be good. So right away, like, I was expecting a lot. I knew we were in for a good time. Um, I had heard about all the characters. I had heard about the actors they got to be in it. And, yes, I I had high high expectations. Jackson. This movie was only made because James Gunn got canceled on Twitter. If it weren't for that right wing, put a quack there as well. (laughs) We wouldn't get this movie. And that really backfired on him, didn't it? He wanted James Gunn to shut up about Trump and it got him fired. But we got a new movie, a new Suicide Squad and Guardians 3 out of that. So who's really losing here? Yeah. Uh, My expectations were through the roof. Aside all of that. My expectations were through the roof. I 
loved the cast ever since he first put it out, and I couldn't wait to see what was going to become of it. And uh, before, uh, this was like a month or two ago, he put out on Twitter that only two of the characters from the entire cast were going to die. All but two. And so I was like, oh man, who's it going to be? Who's going to be the last two? And uh, I've got to say, uh, I'm glad with who they went with. Oh, so he's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, spoilers. Yeah. Oh, you know, okay, no, wait. Uh, spoilers, yeah, we'll talk about spoilers. Uh, so I guess just, okay, Jackson, I got, I got a bone to pick with you. Uh-oh. Because I know you did this on purpose. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> because the first and only time thus far that I've been to the Palladium there in San Antonio was back in 2016 when I watched the first Suicide Squad. <laughs> and um, I did not have a good time uh, watching the movie. I had a great time going to the theater and getting to experience that. And you, this is your first time going to the theater that theater and you yes it is had the opposite <laughs> i'm gonna assume you had the opposite uh experience than i did watching the movie this was the best theater experience of my life <laughs> hands down endgame is a close second because holy crap the imax screen that was there was huge and the sound we were right in the middle of the theater and all i could see was the screen like, I couldn't see any peripheral. It's all I was able to see. So that already, seeing all the trailers before, and then the movie, how it turned out, it was so immersive. I loved every second of it. I guess we're going into what we think now. Yeah. That's uh, where I put the segue on. So, yeah, I love the movie. I inject this movie into my veins. I love this movie. <laughs> yeah, I have yet to watch it in IMAX. And I'm going to be going to San Antonio next week. So if I can get the chance to go to I, the, the IMAX screening, I, I will take that chance. Because I cannot wait to watch this movie again. I love this movie. This one surpasses both Guardians of the Galaxy movies for me, uh, surprisingly. Uh, we'll get into more detail why. But uh, this, is, this feels like what James Gunn has been building his craft towards uh, i think everything just works so well together from the cast again to the story i just had a great time with this movie uh and i cannot recommend it enough because i read today that it flopped at the box office mm -hmm. which we could talk about much later and it, it's not as important to me because at the state we're at people shouldn't be critical of the box office right now uh, i don't think it's fair on the movie yeah, I'm just going to gloat about this movie a lot. But, Lori, uh, what did you think of The Suicide Squad? I loved this movie. There were so many things that I loved about it. Gunn surprised me in some of the best ways. John Cena uh, surprises <laughs> me every What time. did I tell you? I'm I, gonna, I told you so. I told <laughs> both of you. Don't count him out and look what happens. I was just there like, you know, I was expecting my typical John Cena. I'm sorry. And I saw this and I was just like, oh, my gosh. OK, like he really sold me on this movie. I thought he was fantastic. I thought Idris Elba was fantastic. I thought Margot Robbie was just bliss. 
There is so I, I can't go on and on and on enough about this cast. Uh oh, Rat Catcher 2. I'm sorry, but if there are not a thousand girls dressed up in black with a little rat on their shoulders for Halloween, I'm gonna be very surprised. Azure and I were talking about that. Rat Catcher 2 is gonna be a great Halloween costume. And it's not only that, but what a great character. What a character yes. that, that resonates with everything that's going on with what so many people. Uh, it, it's really, she was like a soft spot in a hard world. She was a light in the darkness. You know, just uh, even that the fact that her weapon is the light, you know. Uh, to, and, and it's just, uh, it was so symbolic of so much. But yeah, I loved it. Loved the whole thing. This is his magnum opus. Uh, I don't know how James Gunn can top himself after this. James Gunn just knows how to craft these misfits together. Like, Polka Dot Man. (laughs) (laughs) I love He made that character work. And I thought he was one of the more fascinating characters. And me going into it, I did not expect that at all. Yeah, I was like, who the f*** is Polka Dot Man? (laughs) This is going to be a, a quite heavy episode in the nature of what we're talking about. Sorry, Deservedly sorry so. I mean, James Gunn is in his zone when it comes to rated R. Uh, I mean, from the violence to the the jokes. I mean, to the characters themselves, all these characters, even the characters that didn't necessarily work in the first Suicide Squad movie, like Rick Flagg, played by Joel Kinnaman, he works here too. I mean, James Gunn just knows how to craft these type of characters and make you care about them. It's so crazy because people will say, oh, certain things don't work for film. And James Gunn said, oh, yeah, well, here's a talking raccoon and a walking tree out in space. And then he outdoes himself by saying, oh, yeah, here's a woman who controls rats and a guy who shoots out polka dots. Only James Gunn can make that work and make you feel something for these type of characters i mean that's what was really missing in the first suicide squad uh, movie i mean granted i still want the original director uh, david ayer to get his cut but after watching this movie i could care less if that movie was better in his eyes because what james gunn does here it's a perfect blend of grit color and i know it's going to sound corny but but family i mean uh, so much trauma these adults these adult supervillains have been through and that where you can side with them and and just relate to them yeah earlier in the movie we see bloodsport kill and yet at the end of the day we still feel for him as a character this is my first time actually witnessing uh, uh peter capaldi it makes me want to watch things that he's been in before uh, I thought as little as he was in it, I thought he was great. Uh, like mm-hmm. Lori said, John Cena was hysterical. And even when he turns on his other sides of him, of his character, you believe it as well. Idris Elba. Okay, so Idris Elba, I had the biggest problem going into it. Okay, so in my eyes, I was like, okay, they couldn't get Will Smith here. So what they did is they got another beautiful black man who shoots very well, and who also has a daughter. I'm like, okay, this is too close to the Will Smith character. So I'm like, I thought it was just going to be a rinse and repeat. But man, does Idris Elba in this character, who I feel is not as recognizable as a character like Deadshot, is just filled so much more with character than Will Smith was in the first Suicide Squad 
tra- a movie. Why do I keep saying trailer? Because it was cut by a trailer company. Because <laughs> it was more... <laughs> I should just keep calling it that. <laughs> and it's funny because they play a joke on that early in the movie, too. Yeah, and of course, uh, Daniela um, Melchior? Melchior? Who, who plays Ratcatcher 2? Surprisingly, is the heart of this movie. Yeah. I, I think Lori talked about it already, but she, again, I was so just surprised about the characters that just just captivated me compared to the ones I thought would. Which, by the way, King Shark. I Who love doesn't love Shark. King Shark? My God. Aside from the cast, the music is good. I would argue not as memorable as the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtracks or even the original Suicide Squad, but it's not it's not fair to compare Right. Well, I mean, the Suicide Suicide Squad's soundtrack oh was just gosh. 80s pop radio. That's all that was. True, but still. I'm sorry. I beg. I beg to differ a little bit on that. I thought the music in this was stellar. Oh, no, it was it great. It opens with, with Johnny Cash. Oh, yeah. That's great. No, no, I, I, I'm not. It's not a criticism of the movie. I'm, I'm saying, like, it's not. It's used well. It's just not as recognizable as the tunes that were used in the original Suicide Squad and the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. But still, it works really well. But aside from the music, this is one of the more beautiful movies from James Gunn. Uh, I think visually, James Gunn is always stellar. Even re-watching the original Guardians of the Galaxy movie, there's some beautiful shots in that movie. And here as well. Uh, this movie, it's a full-on comic book movie in the best of way. And it just makes me even more mad because I feel like a movie like The Suicide Squad will get kind of lost in the fog. And that's a damn shame because this is one of the best comic book movies I've ever seen. Like yeah. this, should, this definitely does not deserve to get lost in the shuffle. The only thing I could think of here is like, wow, this is the type of movie DC should have been making from the get-go to rival Marvel. Because... You watch this compared to a movie like Guardians of the Galaxy, where it just feels so tamed. And that's because I mm-hmm. love Guardians of the Galaxy. But other Marvel movies put that up against, like, mo- the movie we just watched, Black Widow. God, like, compare Black Widow to this movie. I mean... Yeah. And who knows if they're ever going to get James Gunn again. I hope so. I- I'm sure they will, because, I mean, look at how... I-, I feel like James Gunn's just going to do the... Guardians 3 movie and just like stay back with DC. There's also that holiday special. Yeah, that too. The cast is great. The music's great. It's beautiful to look at. The story's great. And I am just in all this movie. I just want to gush more about it in spoilers. Me too. Oh, you know what? Let me let me do some criticisms. I do have a, a, just a few. Okay. Just a few. Uh, my biggest one is it's going to pain me to say Harley Quinn. Uh, Margot Robbie. I I do have to really I, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I do have to say, it felt like an obligation to have Harley Quinn in this movie because the movie itself takes a break to kind of go on a side quest with Harley Quinn. And honestly, if you take her out of the movie, nothing really changes aside from the one thing she does at the very end. But you could easily put another character in her place. I just feel like the movie didn't really know what to do with Harley Quinn. So they kind of wrote in a few pages in the movie to kind of satisfy the people that are going to ask, hey, 
she was in the first one. Why isn't she in this one? That's just my take. I, I think Harley Quinn uh, just felt very stale to me compared to Birds of Prey, a movie like that. Well, the key difference there is this is written by a man. Birds of Prey was written, directed, and everything by women. So there's already that. There's I was looking out for that difference, too. And there were some scenes, uh, there were some lines, like that whole rooftop scene. Uh, it was in the trailer. Uh, the whole customized license plates thing, that felt like, okay, they're just using Harley to be funny. Like, she's not written well here. And same thing with the angel splooging on us, that line. I didn't like that one either. It just felt like, oh, Harley would say this. Like, Harley's being quirky is essentially what that was. But everything else that wasn't in the trailer was great. Maybe I just have fatigue with the Harley Quinn character because there's only so much you can do with that character. And I feel like it could be explored a lot more in a Birds of Prey sequel or something like that. Um, I, I was looking forward to her here. I mean, I love Margot Robbie. She's great in the role. I think it's perfect casting there. I just felt like she was a little underutilized in this movie compared to a character like Ratcatcher, who is a female team player in this movie and who just stole the show. Am I the only one uh, that has that same criticism? Lori, what do, you, what do you think of Harley Quinn specifically? Uh, you know what? I was afraid she was going to be stale because of the previews and seeing that if you have personalized license plates, you die. Um, but I actually didn't. I didn't find her stale at all. One last thing I want to mention before we go into it. Viola Davis is just great as always. Uh, she mm -hmm. was more ruthless in this one, <laughs> I thought. I was like, dang. Absolutely like, brutal. Yeah, she's conniving. She's uh, direct. <laughs> uh, and I loved it. Um, so if we get her again in the next one, I'm all for it. Is there anything else, any criticisms that we have for the movie? No. I spoilers i'll save it for spoilers okay yeah great then let's go and, ahead and not to spoil too much but one of the things that i criticisms i can take is there was a couple of them or or maybe just one that i was just like no i didn't want that one to die okay <laughs> yeah yeah um i i will say also maybe the jokes were a little and i i think that it's a criticism i have in general for james gunn every now and again where i think uh, he needs to pull back just a little on his jokes uh, sometimes. I think they kind of get in the way of uh, the situation that's going on. Uh, I felt that a lot in Guardians 2. Uh, a few times in the Guardians movie, I, I don't think I... I didn't mind it this time around when I just watched it again. But in this movie, some jokes kind of just go a little too long. But that's just me. I, I think at that point, I'm just nitpicking because, you know, comedy, it's, it's really subjective. Uh, but aside from that... I can't wait to watch this movie again. If I could watch this a couple more times in the theater, I will be so happy, especially in IMAX. I, I will catch this in IMAX for sure. All right. Well, that's going to be it for our non-spoiler discussion. And let's rate it now. And how we rate our movies here on The Cinema Show is by the value of its ticket price. That's right. We get to determine how much we pay to watch this movie in the theater. Jackson. You go up to the box office, and from 1 to 10, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest, how much would you pay to see the Suicide Squad? I would pay 9, but I would not mind paying 10. Uh, I love this movie so much. I just want to watch it over and over and over and over again. That theater experience, I'm, that's going to be the theater experience to top. That's, oh my god. 
That was so wonderful. And lovely Lori, how much would you pay? I'm going to have to go with a 10 for this because I would pay $10 to go back into the theater and watch this again. I enjoyed it that much. And here I come again, meeting you guys right in the middle. I would go a 9.5. Just from the those little two nitpicks I had, the criticisms I had for the movie, I, I got to knock two quarters, but I'll definitely uh, save those two quarters and watch it again. <laughs> and with that being said, if you haven't watched The Suicide Squad, what are you doing? Just go watch it. And once you're done, come over here back and listen to the rest of this episode. Bye-bye now. You have been warned. All right, time for spoilers. So the fact that we didn't mention <laughs> Pete Davidson, Nathan Fillion, Michael yep. Rooker, uh, Fleur Borg, and uh, a couple of others. I know uh, Sean Gunn, James Gunn, the director, his yeah. brother, played Weasel. It's because they all freaking die at the beginning. I had a feeling that was going to happen. As soon as it was playing out and they landed on the beach, I was like, okay, this is where they're all going to die. Uh, what took me for a loop was when the second team came around and was like, oh, that's so cold. They were just a diversion. Like they were sent yeah. to they were sent to die. That is so sick. And how dare you, Viola Davis? But I love her for that. No, who didn't tell her that Weasel couldn't swim? <laughs> that was... That's no one thought of it. They just all kind of assumed. And then uh, of course he can't swim. <laughs> that was so great. And I love how uh Pete Davidson did he honestly think that he was there as the mole of the group. <laughs> Cause I feel like Amanda Waller put it in his head that like, Oh, you're going to be the one that's safe. Like I, we're selling out the rest of the team. Cause he honestly thought like, Hey, I'm the one that sent them here. It's, and then he gets his face blown off. Beautiful. Great. Yeah. Nathan Fillion's yeah. character, <laughs> his powers <laughs> just terrible. And it was so slow, and all he was doing was just slapping him just around. Slapping, like three stooges. But I love how they're standing there with the gun. I love how they're standing there with the guns, and they're, it totally works. They're like, they stopped shooting. Yeah. yeah. Looking at the arms. <laughs> they're just freaked out. And then when they started shooting the arms, he was flailing about. Yeah. That was so, that was great. Also... Again, I love the art artistry uh, when with James Gunn and how he kind of like sets up things and uh, pays them off. You get that all in that first scene when Michael Rooker is back in prison and he kills that little bird. And then when he gets his head blown off, that same type of bird lands on him and starts picking at him. Mm-hmm. His dead body. I, I was like, that, that's the best way you could have opened that whole entire movie. Can I also say that I was so worried about Pete Davidson having a big role in this movie? <laughs> and I think he was too. Him, yeah, but whenever they killed him, just because I'm sorry, it would have been ridiculous, especially knowing Pete Davidson, you know, coming on and then him being this badass villain. No, I love that he was like a weasel, that he was just like, hey, hey no, that's I, a different I character. got him, guys. Yeah, he's like, I got him, guys. I'm on your side. And then boom, they just blow his head off. I think that if we were in normal times and if everybody was still going to theater, that would be the moment when everybody cheered. Yeah. <laughs> like that 
was it. It's a shame we I couldn't experience this movie with a full audience in a Oh my god. In a normal world. <laughs> also, going back to Pete Davidson. Uh, I loved his whole uh, line delivery of uh, "I'm sitting next to a werewolf." <laughs> he just like he just starts freaking the <laughs> f- out. Yeah, that whole team, and it raises the stakes right there. It tells you nobody is safe in this movie, nobody. And going back to Guardians, like you don't feel that type of urgency, or you you never feel that like somebody could die at any moment, even though they could be seen as expendable characters you know the talking tree talking raccoon whatever but here you you're really on the edge of your seat every scene that comes up you're like oh man who who's gonna get it this time and uh a lot of my favorites do and we'll talk about it more uh jay courtney's back <laughs> yeah <laughs> and not then, for long and then he's dead <laughs> oh nanawe was in oh my god he's my favorite character i, I came out loving you. king shark <laughs> I need a King Shark pop. I need a shirt. I need a plushie. I need everything King Shark. If James Gunn is good at one thing, it's making a lovable CGI creatures <laughs> that si. uh, that rarely say any words. Oh, he's learning Spanish now. See, <laughs> <laughs> si. fake mustache. <laughs> so many great quotes. My favorite moment is when they are in a van and King Shark uh, sees a couple in the alley like kissing. And you just see, like, the sorrow he has in his eyes. Now, his eyes just cold black. You don't know what he's thinking. No, he's sad. He wants that inner, he wants that connection between uh, people. He just wants a friend. That's all. Yeah. And uh, he gets friends. And he does get friends. And it's great that the first person that he makes a friend with, who he tries to eat, but uh, is <laughs> an animal lover. So it makes sense for Radcatcher to be the first one to be friends with him. The, all the characters are written so flawlessly, and the characters motivate the script. Yes. Instead of just CGI set pieces writing the script for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. This is a movie. This is a superhero movie through and through. I can't get enough of it. I can relate to this character, but he was the best part. And every time the gag happened where he sees his mother in other characters, I'm talking about Polka Dot Man, was, I was laughing my ass off in the theater i'm so happy i was alone for those moments aside from the one guy that was sitting next to me it, i just busted out laughing every time we would see mother <laughs> it was the funniest thing and then he also gets a payoff at the end yeah and james gunn's commitment to the bit even when it's starro it's the climax and he's like this is the bit <laughs> and it's so good i want to talk about starro i Love Starro. He's not this big gray CGI villain. He's a giant starfish who shoots smaller starfish out of his armpit. And it's mind controlling zombies because they're just corpses under there. And they're all being controlled. And he gets bigger with every person he incapacitates. It's what a great villain. It's oh my God. And the way that Peter Capaldi, the thinker, gets his comeuppance. Mm hmm. Beautiful. And, um, I love this movie. Starro was the best thing. And it's so funny how the horde, the zombie horde, it's essentially zombies. Yeah. But they're not like just undead. They're all being controlled and you have, you see them. Uh, there's a great focus on the, they really hammer home the point that these are all innocent civilians. 
Mm-hmm. And so you already have that shared connection with them. These are these people are just like me, you know. And to see them like and you see the inside, you see how all the little tendrils work from the starfish. You see how it works and just every single one of them was a person. You know, it's it's a great way to have zombies but care for them and it's what a great villain. Starro is is incredible. I'm so upset that he died because I just want more of him. I want Starro to come back. I want more Starro. But talk about a last line. I, I was about His to bring that up. His last line before he died. Oh. I was happy floating in space looking at the stars. And th- that was very sad too. He was already great. I just loved the premise of Starro and how he was treated in the movie. It just felt like an old monster movie. Yeah. Just a big old monster uh, destroying the city it takes you back to those that era and even like the title card when starro is unleashed and it's like starro yeah! versus the suicide squad it just felt just so great to be in a theater and experience that and yeah the last line that he says it, it's just that gut punch like oh like he was innocent like he was just floating out in space and we're the ones that captured him mm-hmm. and of course he would be pissed off he was in a cage for decades of course, he would unleash hell on us. It says so much with just one line. Taika Waititi plays uh, Ratcatcher's number two, the the dad. So he's technically Ratcatcher one. Ratcatcher yeah. one. That was distracting for me. That could have just been any dude. But the fact that it was Taika kind of drew me out of the moment. Oh, okay. Not me. I loved it. I loved what he had to say. I, I liked his dialogue. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was great. That's that mo. That's the moment in the movie theater where I lost it. Oh and yeah, literally was there like just. <laughs> I just have a lot of feelings, <laughs> <laughs> and the moment when he he has you know she's there and she turns it on. All the rats are coming. You know she ultimately saves the day and she goes back to that moment with her father and she says, "Why rats, father?" Mm. And he's like, "They're the most despised creatures." Uh, in the world, but they have a purpose. We all do. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, uh, spoke volumes. Also, uh, I did like that scene with uh, Bloodsport and Peacemaker gunning down all the yep. all the the innocent civilians or like uh, the rebels, I guess, <laughs> of the country. Yeah, the and we just thought like, because right before they go in, like. You're allowed to kill anyone you want to. <laughs> Everyone is a threat. And they do. <laughs> they kill everybody. But I love how it's like a little competition between them. That was That's what made the scene great. And for them to find out like, oh, they were all innocent people that wanted to free the country. It's like, okay, <laughs> now everybody has blood on their hands. Like, they're not good people. <laughs> no. <laughs> and even a peacemaker is not a good person, like, to an extent. You know, like, from a certain point of view. Rick Flagg's last line. Peacemaker, what a joke. Oh, my God. I hated John. I hated Peacemaker towards the end. John Cena was born to play this role. It's perfect yes, for him. Which is why I'm kind of confused why we're getting a show of him. He's that good. We're getting a prequel show, right? No, or is it a sequel? It's a sequel. Did you not see the post credit scene? See, that's what I'm confused about because I thought it was a prequel show this whole time. I'm going to settle this right here, right now. I've been confused about this for a while. Okay, I was kind of right, okay? 
because we had talked about it and I said they're going to kill Peacemaker and the show is going to be a prequel. But what they did in the movie with the whole post credit scene, what they did is they set up the HBO Max show with the character. I was hoping he was dead. But no, we're getting a whole show with him, which I I could see them doing an Idris Elba spinoff, but I don't see what's so redeeming about Peacemaker at all. It is set after the events of the film, but also explores the origins of Peacemaker. Okay, so a little so bit of both. So we're getting both. Again, Joe Kinnaman, uh, his character Rick Flagg, I didn't really care about him at all in the first one. But when he died in this one, I was like, oh no, like, not Rick Flagg. And then I questioned myself, like, um... wait, why do I feel like that about Rick Flagg? But again, in the movie, he he's great. I thought he was good, but I will tell you, I had a hard time caring. I thought he had a great last line. Yeah. But I thought, you know, up until the end, I'm just like, well, okay, yeah, he's this guy who's on this whole, you know, mission. I mean, he has two, you know, in, in the first one, we clearly see that the, the they're just using these people as pawns to get years off their sentence. Yes, they did horrible things, you know. Except for Ratcatcher 2. It was so sad. She was in there because of armed robbery. Because she used her rats to get some money. And that one was a little bit harsh to me. I yeah. was just like, oh, well. Uh, but to him, they were all criminals. To him, I mean, they were all disposable. Yeah. And I think that gave me a certain... Because you feel so empathetic for the Suicide Squad. I think he, I never quite invested in him. So when mm. he died, it wasn't... I thought it was a great line. But was it a big deal for me? No. Hmm. See, I think he started to finally like care about these people because he went to a bar with them. They had moments as people together. They got out of a scenario where they were all handcuffed in the back of a military van and they survived the wreck that that caused, you know? Uh, I feel like he got an appreciation for every one of the members and like his line when he said, I joined the military to save the country. What does he say? But I'm not going to be their puppet. Like, he has a total change of heart. Like, he's not just this mindless soldier anymore. He's going to do what he wants to do. He wants to save the day. And destroying that hard drive wasn't saving the day. Did anyone else gasp when those mutated fish started attacking King Shark? Yes! Yes! I thought that was going to be it for him. I thought he was going to die. I was going to be so mad if he was... Like, once I saw blood, I was like, no. No, don't you dare tear him to shreds. Oh, man. Uh, I got heated yeah, during he that moment. Because he was so excited. He, was he like, got friend. friends. And then they want to eat him. Dang, that's just like King Shark. See, I told y'all. Well, James Gunn said there was only going to be two people walking away from that. Yeah, he is a liar. Yeah, I'm not, like, there, there's like four. seven. Seven? No, no. six. No. Because Weasel. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, Weasel. Yeah. So uh, while we're on Rick Flag, I want to talk about his shirt, the one with the little rabbit on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> there might be some deeper meaning to it all. So okay, the rabbit is wearing a red cape, a yellow shirt with the Warner Brothers logo on it, and he's holding a sign written in Spanish that says, Obstaculos con son op- oportunidades. Uh, obstacles are opportunities. It seems like a random quirky outfit choice, but once you dig a little deeper, the, the tea may hold some symbolic meaning. The rabbit on Rick Flagg's shirt may be a nod to Warner Brothers' famous comedic rascal, Bugs Bunny, holding up similar signs. Uh, the red cape may be a reference to Superman, referencing the fact that Gunn was offered the opportunity to write a new Superman movie, but chose to work on the Suicide Squad instead. Because mm. 
I guess DC just was like, hey, James Gunn, do you want to write a Superman movie for us? He's like, uh, actually, I'll, I'll do Suicide Squad, and you're going to like it. And then finally, the phrase seems to be a direct reference to Gunn's firing from Disney, which led him to be available to direct the Suicide Squad. Oh. An obstacle turning into an opportunity. So much meaning packed into that one little shirt. Also, I read that originally James Gunn had written that Superman was going to be the main villain of this movie. Oh. Which the video game, the Suicide Squad game, is doing that. That's the premise mm-hmm. of the entire game. So that would be great to see in a part three of this franchise. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Joaquin, Joaquin Cosio, he was the one who played the partner uh, with the uh, president. They were the ones who overthrew. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Joaquin Cosio is the one who lived till the end with all the medals and the general. Mm-hmm. And I first saw him. I don't know if y'all know, if y'all are familiar with this actor, but I first saw him on Narcos Mexico on Netflix. Oh. And he was, yeah, he played the role of uh, Chapo's, El Chapo's, like, main, like, confidant. And he played an amazing role in that series. He was my favorite character out of the entire series of Narcos Mexico. And so to see him pop up in this movie, I was just ecstatic because he's a very phenomenal actor. And he didn't have many scenes, but the scenes that he did have, I, I just, he blew me away. I loved him. Since we're on the train of, like, shouting out Hispanic actors, Milton. Milton! The actor's name is Julio Cesar uh, Ruiz. And I was cracking up when I kept seeing him in the back when they entered Jotunheim. I I would just see him running around with, like, plastic bags. Yeah. (laughs) And it was the funniest. I was like, what is he doing here? He's going to die. Like, and then he eventually did. Lo and behold. But I love how Pope- I love it because he didn't die for so long. Like yeah. he's the obvious choice <laughs> to get killed off, and then he's all the way up until the end. Yeah. And then Polka Dot Man is so distraught. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even Idris Elba's like, "You're really like beaten up about this." He's like, "I've liked him since the beginning." Yeah. yeah. I've liked him since the beginning. He's been with us the whole time. Oh, uh, it's <laughs> just little things like that, like the little gags they would have and the jokes. Oh man. It's genuinely funny, like a just a funny movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I love it how Polka Dot Man finally has like a revelation, you know, because he's like, hey, that's, you know who that is? It's your mother. And then he just releases them and she starts to fall and he just <laughs> looks around like he's had some breakthrough. He's like, I'm a superhero. I'm a fucking superhero. And he dies having that moment. He dies conquering his mother. He dies of fucking superhero. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Ratcatcher two. I I think that like she is a char- the character to come out of this. I think the most. I think this in the wrong hands could have been a throwaway character, and I just felt like she was the real big thing that came out of this. Uh, loved everything about her. I think it was so symbolic of tenderness in this world in 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 a harsh world Mm -hmm. uh and how important it still is and how how important it is to to be that and to seek that and to protect that couldn't have said it better myself she's hope yeah and we need it (laughs) yeah this movie is a critique of america it kind of sneaks that up on you every Mm -hmm. so often it's like you fucking americans you (laughs) did this 
And there's so many little bits and pieces you can take from that. Uh, Chekhov's Golf Club! The Golf Club comes back! Oh, that yeah. That was <laughs> incredible. <laughs> yeah, uh, Amanda Walk- Waller, she gets her comeuppance <laughs> for a moment. Can I just say, I figured it out, like, not early on, but I would say probably around the time that we saw Starro, like really saw it. I was just like, oh, okay, that's where the javelin's gonna come into play. Mm, yeah. Oh my god, that I, was beautiful. Oh, that was a beautiful it sequence beautiful. right there. That moment was. They're beautiful. in his eye. She stabbed through his eye and tore through like this little like jelly skin, and she was swimming in it. And then the little rats come in. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, it's a beautiful moment, and but then you get that line from Starro saying, like, I was just hanging out in space, looking at the stars, and then he dies. It's like, oh, like, he didn't deserve that. They have to eventually make these, but I do want a Starro mask. Oh, my God. I want that so bad now. Or I can see through it, obviously. I think it also plays into, you know, the moral lesson of, you know, monsters are made. They're not born. Yeah. Poor Starro. All right, Peter Starro. Poor Starro. Starro was great. Uh, best. Oh, my God. There's so many good things about this movie. I could gush for hours, but yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of a perfect movie for James Gunn to make. It just fits so well. Uh, aside from, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy comparison of, like, Misfits, Forced to join together and do something he just knows how to write redeemable people and trauma and how adults have to overcome that trauma uh, no matter how old we get and how how much of it sticks with us especially like polka dot man blood sports fear of rats oh that too yeah that whole thing pays off too as well harlequin you know she was uh you know everything that the joker put her through to make her who she ended up becoming Mm -hmm. they all have their stories just like starro the ending track at the very the last shot of the movie is idris elba timidly uh pending sebastian Mm -hmm. and the song that's playing is i just wanted to be loved by you like that was a line in the song and that was what a cute way to end off the movie oh yeah so touching and i know james gunn has talked about this in interviews but he himself was uh uh, brought up in an abusive household so uh, I know, like a lot of his trauma, he he expresses that through uh, his movies, and uh, and I'm watching the Guardians movie, and of course this movie as well. It's just great for him to express that through art, and to kind of advocate for help. Yeah, I think he has a way of creating, yeah, these characters that are all redeemable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a huge uh, theme that's prevalent in all of his films is redemption. Hope, redemption, uh, rehabilitation, rebirth. Yeah. And that's what happened with uh, the whole scenario. That's how he got the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Crazy. Oh. It's like poetry. <laughs> it rhymes. Mwah. All right, well, we've been talking about this movie uh, long enough, yet not long enough, but uh, I want to hear from (laughs) everyone else who has watched this. I actually got a a message right now from Jalen, who was on our Godzilla episode, and just said that uh, I f***ing love the Suicide Squad. Amen. Everyone else just, yeah, shout out to Jalen. So anyone else who has watched it, let us know what you think, and uh, I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. That's going to be it for us here, and I need to eat something. I need to go 
uh, nom nom. I'm just going to point at everything and nom <laughs> say nom nom before I nom eat nom. it. Nom nom. <laughs> nom nom. Uh, but, <laughs> but first, Jackson, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Jackson underscore DML and follow me on Letterboxd, Jackson DML. No underscore. And Lori. You can find me dealing with my mommy issues and giving my kids lots of mommy issues of their own. Also on Twitter, lovely Lori at Lori underscore Gohardo. Be sure to follow, subscribe, listen, tune in, download, rate, all that jazz on all our platforms on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Ditcher, all that good stuff. Uh, it helps the show out. And just thank you in general for tuning in to our podcast and for all the support. We love it. Actually, a really quick shout out to uh, one of our uh, faithful listeners. His name is Alon. Uh, he tweeted, listening to Cinema Show Live and all the guests are great. But the host, Dylan, not to toot my own horn, uh, was too all about the sexy guests. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm thinking, are you guys my guests? Are we sexy? I, I hey, take, absolutely. Take the compliment. Yes. <laughs> uh, he also oh, wanted to add that uh, you can hear his schoolgirl laugh. Get over a dog. I had the schoolgirl laugh. I mean, I'm not debating that. I, I fully agree. I, I'm gonna take that as a compliment. You're head over heels for us, Dylan. I, I it's am. Okay. I love all my guests. You are all sexy in my eyes. Uh, so shout out to Alon. Get over here. <laughs> Was it that episode that I went? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's referring to my laugh. <laughs> what kind oh, of schoolgirl? Okay. I, I do not know. I, I'll ask him for further details. But thank you so much, Alon, for uh, tuning in. Uh, we appreciate it. And, of course, you can follow me on my Twitter at DylanMM5. That's right, D-Y-L-A-N-M-M-5. This is The Cinema Show. Remember, all films are subjective, and it's all about perspective. Have a great day and a better tomorrow. Bye.